paranormal experiences don't really work to a timescale, and therefore we invite you to listen to a dark mini-sode. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another instalment of a mini-sode that we like to put in between each release of the dark paranormal. And today's release is a bit different than usual because it's actually a follow-up to a main episode. And it was one of our most talked about, debated and controversial episodes we've ever released. Because on this minisode, we're going to revisit Room 232. It was almost two years ago when Jessie emailed in the experiences of her and her roommates in room 232 of the university that they were staying at. Now, within Jessie's original email, she provided the names of the people who were her dorm mates. But of course, she used pseudonyms in order to keep their identity private, and rightly so because not everyone wants their name out there attached or associated with an apparent paranormal experience. But some two years later, we've received an email from one of those dorm mates. They've decided that now they feel comfortable to come forward and say their side of the story. They've been brave enough to waive their anonymity and to come forward and fill in some of the blanks about the overall Room 232 experience. For those newer to the show, I would suggest going back to find Room 232 and having a listen to that one first, and then you'll be fully up to speed with what you're about to listen to. This email comes in from Jessica. Hi. You may not remember our episode, but you released it about two years ago now. My college roommate, Jessie, submitted the story of our dorm room, Room 232, to your podcast. When you first featured us, I wanted to reach out, but I felt I was not quite ready in some ways. In her story... She gave me the alias of Ray. But my real name is also Jessica. Jessie and I quickly became close friends in our freshman year, and we requested each other for our sophomore year. We often joke we're actually the same person, as our personalities are so similar and our names, of course, are the same. I had some experiences that were not included in her story, simply for the fact that her story is for the most part made of her experiences. We went through a lot together, but there are a few things that happened to me and me alone that I'd like to share with you. If you want to share my story on your podcast, you're of course welcome to do so. But a feature is not the purpose of my writing. Something in me feels I need to tell my story. My side of this horrible thing that happened to us. 
And it's okay if even you are the only person who ever reads it. Now, for my experiences. I was 19 years old when all this happened. I had dreams much like Jesse did. And towards the beginning of the year, I dreamt that something grabbed me by the ankle and dragged me off the bed. This was also a dream Jesse had at one point that year. I woke up gasping. With that sensation you have when you're asleep, but you feel that you're falling. I had many nightmares during that school year. Nightmares of my roommates all being dead. And me being locked in the room or being assaulted by other students. Or one of my roommates being a witch. They became commonplace yet remained equally disturbing. Out of the four girls, I worked the latest shift. I got off work at 11pm, sometimes midnight, and admittedly, I would often sit out in my car for as long as possible, so to avoid going back to that room. Before work, I always placed my PJs out on my bed so I could jump straight into the shower when I got home. On one particular night, I got home and followed my normal routine of grabbing my PJs to get in the shower. I always left the door unlocked, so if any of my roommates needed the bathroom, they could. Whilst in the shower, I heard a knock on the bathroom door. Come in! I peeked out of the shower curtain and tried to half-whisper so as not to wake up the other girls. But nothing happened. A few moments later, I hear another knock. Come in, I said again, a little louder this time. Again, nothing happened. Finally, a knock again. Now by this time, I'm frustrated. I opened the shower curtain even more and said loudly, You can come in, it's unlocked. Well, the doorknob began to rattle and the whole door began shaking. It was so loud and so volatile, I thought it would come right off the hinges. I froze in my spot, terrified. The rattling stopped and I immediately jumped out of the shower, grabbed my towel and threw the door open. And all three of my roommates were sound asleep in their beds. Sometime in November, I sat down on my bed for a big study session. Finals were just around the corner and I had multiple projects I hadn't even started. I sat cross-legged with all my papers spread out in front of me. I was alone in the room, but I figured because it was daytime, I'd be okay. The room felt fine so far, and I was okay being myself. A few minutes into my studying, and the room shifted. The hair on the back of my neck rose 
and I knew something was wrong. The room looked exactly the same, but I had the distinct feeling I was no longer alone. I felt something cold wrapped tightly around my right ankle, and in one motion it pulled me off my bed and across the room. Papers up in the air. The back of my head bounced off the floor, and my skirt flew over my face. It knocked the wind out of me, and I was gasping hard for breath. I pushed myself forward, lunging for my keys and my phone, stuffing random papers in my backpack, and I ran to my sister's dorm room three doors down. There were carpet burns all over my back. I spent the rest of the day in shock, unable to complete my projects. My dream had happened to me, and it was too hard to comprehend what I'd just gone through. Christmas break rolled around and I was the first back from break. My mum dropped me off and I went to take a nap before meeting my boyfriend down in the lobby. I had 45 minutes, so just enough time for a little cat nap. I woke up from this nap with a fist-sized bruise on the back of my knee. One that had not been there 45 minutes ago. I'd been back less than an hour, and whatever was in my room was letting me know it had no limits. It could do whatever it wanted, whenever it wanted, and I was not welcome. Throughout the second semester, things only got worse. The activity had died down during the last few weeks of the first semester. But it had come back stronger than ever for the second. We were regularly hearing speaking in our room, mimicking our voices, knocking and banging on the walls. At one point, on a Sunday afternoon, all four of us were in the room. Some were napping others studying or scrolling on their phones, and it began knocking on the walls. But we were so over it by this point, we actually ignored it. Suddenly, there was a knock on our door. It was the Dean of Women, Ms Thompson. I am trying to sleep. Can you please stop hammering on that wall? We hadn't been hammering. We even thought that if it wasn't the presence, it could have been her knocking on the wall, because it was from the shared wall. We haven't been hammering anything. We're trying to sleep too, I said. She narrowed her eyes at me and said, OK, and walked back to her room. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. 
And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank accounts. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step-by-step step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The bruises and scratches continued, and it finally scratched me in a spot that people could see. I woke up one morning with three deep scratches on the back of my right hand. The depth of the scratches varied, but I still have a scar from one of them, a faint white line about two inches long. This scratch happened just a few days before we went to another meeting with college authorities regarding the activity in the room. By this point, Jesse and I had gone to our first meeting with them. Then, after that, they questioned us all individually. But this meeting was all four of us together. Long story short, we were not believed. And instead, we were questioned as to what medications we might be taking. I badly wanted to say, yeah, yeah, that's how medication works. One of us takes a pill and we all collectively hallucinate. But I kept my mouth shut. Instead, I said, then explain this. And I held up my hand with three deep scratches red and scabbed over. I've always bitten my nails. I couldn't have done this to myself, I said. I started frantically scratching my forearm just to show how short my nails were. After this meeting, I felt defeated. I think we all did. We were alone in this. The people, the adults who should care, didn't. Because we were hearing noises so often, I started sleeping with earbuds in, and I'd play music or sleep sounds right through the night. 
I started doing this pretty early in the first semester and was unable to sleep without earbuds for nearly two years after leaving room 232. I woke up one night. My bed was right beside the big window in our room and I was on the bottom bunk with Diane above me. I rolled over so I was no longer facing the wall and window and instead facing the rest of the room. The streetlight was streaming through the blinds and I could see the room striped with the orange lines of light. My earbuds had fallen out and the room was unusually quiet. That's when I saw it and my stomach sank. There was a man in my room, standing at the end of Jesse and Jen's bunk bed. But it wasn't a man. It was a thick, inky shadow in the shape of a man. He was so tall, head and shoulders above the top of the bunk bed. I thought maybe it was the shadow of a man stood outside of the room. But there was no one outside. And the shadow man was not translucent. I couldn't see through him like a normal shadow. It had no face. Yet I could feel it looking at me. It had already hurt me several times so I felt this was truly my last moment. This is it. This is when it kills me. Tears began falling down my cheeks. I rolled back over to face the wall and window again, and I continued to cry for I don't know how long. I finally fell asleep. The next morning, I thought maybe it was just a bad dream. While getting ready for class, I said I didn't sleep well the night before and my eyes were red and puffy. I debated on whether to tell Diane about the man and I decided, yes, I would. There was no way I could carry this alone, but I had no idea how to approach the subject. Last night, something happened... Diane looked at me with big eyes and said, You saw it too. My heart fell into my feet. It wasn't a dream. In the spring of 2020, COVID hit, and many students went home. I was one of them, and so was Diane. But Jesse and Jen remained in that room and I feared for their safety every day until the semester ended. I even felt guilty that I'd abandoned them. I had another friend who remained at the college for a year after I left. She said that room 232 was left empty that next year. It was used as a storage room, but no one went in there. Extra dresses, beds, mattresses. They were all kept in what had been our dreadful room. I visited my fiancé at that college the next year, 
2020-2021. And I couldn't help but look up at room 232. I don't know what I was expecting to see, if anything at all. But the light was on. It was late evening. Why would the light be on in a storage room late at night? A year and a half after Room 232, we were all together for my wedding. Jesse and Diane came in a week before to help me prepare everything. And we all decided we needed to talk about the room. I mentioned the Shadow Man, but Diane couldn't remember. There are gaps in our memories, but there's one main gap we all share. There was one night, a different night, when all four of us were sitting on my bed and talking late into the night. None of us know what happened that night, but we were all so scared, we all slept in the one bed. Four women in a single twin-sized bed. Our memories end and begin again at the same point. We were talking in my bed. We all felt afraid of something. And then we woke up the next morning. Diane said, I don't know what we saw, but I remember that we were all scared to put our feet on the floor. Now I've thought about this over and over, trying to remember what we saw, what we heard, what was in the room with us but I just can't. That memory is buried deep within all of our brains and yet not one of us can bring it to the surface. I thought I'd mostly healed from these experiences, but after typing all of this out and examining my memories and my behaviour, I think maybe I was wrong. There are certain triggers I've retained through these years. I can still sleep without earbuds, but I need noise to fall asleep. I used to be able to sleep through anything before 232. I literally once slept through a tornado siren in high school. I can't do that anymore. Every little thing wakes me up. The nightmares still come occasionally. Sometimes my husband will leave a door open that I'd previously closed, and that puts fear in me. I haven't witnessed any activity after our horrible room, but seeing something in my home has moved or is different from how I left it brings back so many emotions to me. Hopefully, Sharing my story and my perspective will help me fully heal from these emotions instead of just setting them down. Maybe I can finally move on and the fear will stop reappearing every few months. Maybe it will all fade. Maybe. Jessica actually includes some photographs of both the dorm and the girls in the dorm 
to act as a sort of provenance to the experience in its entirety. But she's asked me not to share, and of course, I would never do that without their say-so. But Jessica, I'd like to say a huge thank you for one, being brave enough to remove your anonymity and coming forward with your story, and two, for allowing me to share your update with our listeners. Just when I thought we'd closed the book on Room 232, it reveals yet another chapter. And I think, to me personally anyway, it's one of our most interesting experiences we've ever covered. So Jessica, once more, a huge thank you for your email. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for choosing to spend your time with me here on this minisode. I'll speak to you again on Friday for episode 8 of season 14 of The Dark Paranormal. And until then, take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.